Hey everybody and welcome to the Biathlon Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed your mince pies and your mulled wine for the last couple of weeks, but it's time to put the presents away because we're flying into the second trimester of the season in Oberhof this week. It's a quick podcast today. I'll be giving you my preview and best bets of the week's action and catching you up on the news from the Christmas break. So let's get into it. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone, and a happy new year to all the listeners out there. Hope you all had a great holiday season and are ready for Oberhof this week. I'll be running through my best bets for the sprints, pursuits, and relays that we've got coming up over the weekend. As always, get in touch with your predictions uh, or questions. You can get in touch on the Facebook page, the Twitter page, or you can email me at thebiathlonpodcast at gmail.com. But first up, let's catch up on what's been happening over the holidays there. Most importantly, the World Team Challenge uh, over in Gelsenkirche at the Veltins Arena, which for the second year running was dominated by Julia Simon and Fabien Cloud of France. Finally, some uh, some good news for the French men's team uh, for Fabien Cloud there. They became the first ever team to defend their title. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen uh, this race before, it starts off with a mass start relay. Uh, before a little bit of a break and then a pursuit to finish the evening off. And it was all France in this one. Just four misses out of 40 uh, in the mass start portion of the race. They had a huge lead over the German team of Kebinger and Doll. Uh, that was over 50 seconds. Uh, the pre-race favourites, Stella Holm-Ligrid and Ingrid Landmarks Handrevold, were over a minute back uh, of the French at the halfway stage. Uh, all of those gaps get halved for the start of the pursuit, so that things stay interesting. Uh, but that didn't bother the French at all. They extended their lead before a teeny tiny wobble from Cloud, who missed a couple of standing shots uh, as the race progressed there. But it didn't really look like anyone was going to catch them. They were miles ahead and coasted home ahead of the Norwegians, who took second place. And then we had an, a fantastic sprint for third, which uh, saw Jakob Fack rolling back the years to out-sprint Roman Rees. Um, which gave him and Polona Klemencic a uh, brilliant third place there for Slovenia. Uh, unfortunately for the Germans, they were beaten there out into fourth place for uh, Reese and Janina hetic Valtz and Dolan Klebiger fell all the way down to sixth after uh, some poor shooting from them in the pursuit. That was the only racing we had. Uh, some little bits of other news that came in over the holidays. Um, some bad news to start off with. We will have no Dorothea Vera in Oberhof. Um, I think I say it's bad news. It could be good news. She's uh, she's been sort of battling uh, sort of flu-like symptoms for the first um, first part of the season. So she's going to be focusing on training before coming back for Roop holding uh, and Antolts, and then obviously the World Championships, which are coming up in in just over a month now. Um, so fingers crossed for Vera that things are going to start improving because it's been a tough start to the season for her. Also been a bit of a tough start for Hannah Erberger, up and down start to the year. She's also been struggling. She was ill over Christmas. Uh, it sounded pretty bleak. She was having to hang out in the basement with her dogs um, rather than hanging out in the house because that house contained Elvira Erberg and Martin Ponsoloma, of course. Um, so Hannah Erberg struggling with flu, that might affect her coming in to Oberhof as well, you'd have to expect. Um, the good news is Lisa Teresa Hauser, who missed out in Lenzerheiser, will also be back for Oberhof. Um, some slightly worrying news was the uh, the shooting range over in Holman Collin Park. If you listen to the preview uh, episode for the season, 
Um, you'd remember that this the shooting range there, which is is used by the public as as well as uh, obviously the racers um, there in Oslo, that was closed by police in October for security reasons, um, which I haven't really been able to to find out much about what those reasons were. Um, but that range is still not open, and I've seen some uh, some, some worries about whether or not. The, uh, the Oslo leg of this season will be able to go ahead. That's happening at the end of February, uh, the start of March. Um, with all things concerned, when you think about the money involved, the preparation involved, I fully expect them to work this out. Um, but we have seen, obviously, Oslo have to be relocated um, to Sweden because of COVID uh, in 2020. Um, so I wonder what would happen uh, should they not be able to open the range again. Um, for the end of February. So I'll keep you updated if I see anything more on that as we go through um, the first weeks of 2024 here. Um, but yeah, World Team Challenge, well worth a watch if you didn't catch it. We're going to be staying in Germany for the first World Cup of the new year though, so let's take a look at the best bets going into Oberhof this week. So we've got a good slate of races coming up over in Oberhof, obviously uh, a perennial favourite on the World Cup Tour. Um, can get some pretty tricky conditions there. Looking at what the weather's saying at the moment, it's looking like it's fairly warm. So I'd expect, especially in the sprints, you're gonna see everyone, uh, in terms of the favorites, gonna be trying to set off as early as possible. Uh, temperature there's in the, in the positive numbers. Um, so the tracks might cut up a fair bit there. Wind, meanwhile, it's looking fairly okay. Um, but obviously that can change, and we've seen in Oberhof before, um, the weather can be very, very changeable indeed. In terms of the races, we've got the men's sprint getting us started on Thursday, the women on Friday, and then it's the pursuits on Saturday, and relays rounding the week off on Sunday. Um, we'll start off with the, uh, the men's, uh, a look at the men's races, because they do start us off. And in terms of the odds, it's uh, a return to form for Johannes Tinger's bow after his victories in Lenza Haider. Uh, seven to ten on favourite, huge favourite, uh, as we're used to him being. Seb Samuelson, second favourite, uh, after missing Lenza Haider completely, of course. Um, you've got to wonder whether the speed will be there. He's at six to one. Um, Seb's an interesting one. Last couple of seasons, he struggled a little bit. Uh, coming out of the, the Christmas break. Something that you see with a, a lot of the Swedish athletes, they come in really hot into the season. Um, we see really good performances initially, but then they tend to to drop off a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how Seb recovers um, after missing Lenzaida through, uh, I think it was COVID, through illness uh, at least. Um, so he's got to rely on his speed. I don't know if I'll be picking him for the victory. Uh, back at 10 to 1, we have Johanna's. Dale, Shevdal, and Tayabo. Uh, interestingly, Tayabo, alongside his brother, the only active athletes on the men's side to have won in Oberhof before. Uh, Bo all the way back in 2011, um, with Johannes winning last year's, oh, of course, last year's world title, uh, world championship title over in Oberhof. And then he did the double when we stayed in Oberhof for two rounds in 2021. Um, so the only men to have tasted uh, the victory uh, champagne are the bows. Can anyone stop them? The most interesting person, I think, is not one of the favourites. It's actually an outsider. Uh, but it's Johan Olav Botten, who uh, I've been 
Uh, waxing lyrical about all season, he's been dominating the IBU Cup and takes his first step up. And the odds for him are crazily short. He's only 15 to 1 to take the victory. Um, so I think that makes him, what, the sixth favourite uh, on the day to take victory in his first ever World Cup race. Uh, he's just 24 years old. He's had 21 IBU Cup races under his belt. Um, so it's a lot of pressure on him to do well here. It's interesting that he is that old because obviously he's fairly inexperienced, the 21 races, as I say. Now, that's including relays um, at the IBU Cup level. But that's a lot more experience than the likes of uh, of Johannes Tingers was when he came into the World Cup um, fray back in, what would that have been, 2011-12, I think. Um, Johannes, I think he had just four IBU Cup races. He was 20 years old, so less races at the Norwegian level as well. Um, so while there is a lot of pressure on uh, Bottom to do well, I am interested to see how he's going to react to it because he's a little bit more seasoned than some of the other youngsters that we've seen sort of come and go. Obviously, uh, Serum won't be racing uh, in Oberhof um, after, I've thought, quite, being quite impressive for the Norwegian team. Uh, Philip Field anderson after getting podiums last season, we've seen nothing of him. Um, so we'll have to see whether this is a, a flash in the pan or if this is the dawn of a, a new start of the Norwegian team. So 15 to 1, if you're uh, very brave, you might look at throwing a couple of pounds that way. Um, elsewhere, in terms of the outsiders, I do like Philip Norath at 20 to 1. Uh, skiing really well in Lenzerheide. Obviously, he's had a great season, his best season um, at the World Cup level. He's got that victory under his belt. And I think we could be uh, a little bit of an outside bet there at 20 to 1 to do some damage, but obviously the favorite is going to be Johannes Tingers. He looks very dangerous at the moment. Um, obviously in terms of the standings, we've been concentrating on uh, on the overall race, uh, but I thought I'd just bring you up to date with how uh, the men are doing there in the sprint side, because Johannes Tingers all the way down in fifth uh, with 128 points, his brother leading Taya with 192. So there is a little bit of an interesting race going on for the sprint. Crystal Globe, Norath there in second, uh, equal second with Benny Dole, who won in Lenzerheide. Um, so, you know, Johannes Tingis, while he could easily win every sprint that we've got left and, and take that globe at a canter, he has got a little bit of work to do. So Taya leading the way there um, and hoping for a, for another win over 12 years after he, uh, he last got one in Oberhof. In terms of long shots, uh, it might be my heart speaking over my head a little bit, but I really want to see the French getting back into the swing of things. Conson Filmay at 33 to 1, Jacqueline at 40 to 1, and Perro at 80 to 1. You think after what's happened at the start of the the start of the year, the French team really has to be looking at the world championships um to sort of I guess re regain a bit of pride from this season. Um, and that starts here, really, uh, in Oberhof. We've only got three rounds before the World Championship, so we'll be in Oberhof, Rupolding, and um, and then of course in Antolts will be the the last of the uh, the last of the rounds before the World Championships. Um, it seems like a long shot. Well, that that's why they are my three long shots: Filmier, Jacqueline, and Perrault. Perrault, of course, as we detailed after Lenzheider, is the the leading Frenchman. 
80 to 1 for the win. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he's got the ski speed in the sprint. Uh, but a top 10 could very well be, be on the cards for Perot. Jacqueline has flashes of ski speed, a lap here, a lap there, but he still hasn't put it together for a whole race yet this season. 40 to 1 for him in the sprint. As always, we'll expect him to do better in the pursuit than the sprint. He likes the chase. So, um, uh, I don't think he's going to do it, to be honest. But he did lead in Lenzerheider. It's been a long time since we've seen him hit the front. Feel my aid. The shooting just hasn't been there for him at all. The ski speed as well has been been off. Um, but he, if he can get back into some form, I'd like to just see him get some some good results. Really, a couple of top fives break up this Norwegian dominance we've been we've been seeing. Um, but yeah, if you want a long shot, I, I like the I like the top six odds for Feel my aid and Jacqueline, But I don't know about them to be taking the victory. So in terms of the sprint. I can't really look anywhere else other than Johannes Tingis. I think he will take the victory in the sprint. I like Darley to get on the podium there. In the pursuit, I'm going for Darley for the win. I think his ski speed's been excellent. He looks confident in the range. Um, looks like the athlete we saw sort of back in, in 2020, 2021, um, really getting back on top of his shooting as well. So I'll take Johannes Tingis bow and in the sprint, Darley in the pursuit. And then when it comes to the relay, I'm afraid I'm taking Norway three for three here because they have been dominating. Uh, we've had two relays so far this season, two wins for the Norwegian uh, team, two second places for the French team and two third places for the German team. And unless we see a, a real a real change of uh, a change of um, form for the French and German teams, it's tough to see that Norwegian team being beaten. They'll be shaking things up, though. No uh, Christensen, obviously, in this round. He's been not necessarily dropped, but rested, I guess, um, for this round to make way for Botten. It'll be interesting to see if he can make the team. Because, um, obviously, we'll I expect that we'll see Johannes Tingers on the anchor leg, as he used to do, before they sort of mix that up and, and brought uh, Christensen in. Tayebo will probably take the third leg, and I'd expect Ligri to still take the opening leg. So... Will Dale get a chance back on the second leg, or will they give uh, the young pretender uh, a chance? I, I expect if Dale does win the pursuit, then that uh, that writes itself. But um, but it'll be interesting to see because Ligreed, I haven't mentioned him yet. Um, he didn't look amazing in the World Team Challenge. Obviously, he had the the little incident there in the hotel where he fired a live round. Doesn't quite know where his head's going to be at, so I'm I'm interested to see where Ligreed is. He was coming into a bit of form, so it was a real shame um, we didn't see him in the mass start at Lenzerheide after that incident. Um, so he's got a bit to prove. Um, and, you know, he's been the second best, but the, the sort of leader of the pack behind Johannes Tingers for the last couple of years. And he's got some work to do to to get himself back uh, into that position. So Ligreed, I'm not picking him for for a great performance here. But uh, but I do think he's got a, a very good chance. He's fourth favourite, uh, incidentally. Oh, sorry, fifth favourite behind Ponceloma, uh, who is your fourth favourite. Um, but yeah, in the relays, I've got to take Norway, whoever lines up. I think they could rest Johannes Tingers, and I think they'd still likely win on the form that we've seen so far this season. They're just so dominant. Um, the French might push them. The Germans really should be doing better. They've only had the two third places. Um, but if Norath's on form, if Dole still has the speed that we saw um, as he when he took the sprint in Switzerland, then that's two formidable skiers at least 
can be uh, can be hit and miss in the range. Roman Reese, if he's back to um, back to a little bit of form, we might see him um, maybe opening up the uh, opening up the uh, the race there for the German team. He's always reliable. We do see him take the ankle leg a lot, but um, maybe they maybe they should change things up. Um, just to give themselves, keep themselves in it for a little bit longer, and then obviously you've got the choice of um, of, a, of a lot of capable people to take that fourth option, whether it's Strelioff or uh, or anyone else in that team. So Germany, uh, I can't pick them to win. I'll I'll pick them to take second ahead of the French. Um, but yeah, I'm picking a, a Norwegian domination on the men's side. On the women's side, obviously it's it's looking a lot closer and. We've got uh, Elvira Eberg as the uh, as the favourite. She's at three to one. We've then got Tandrevold Simon and Justine Brazard Boucher all at five to one. Um, those are your th- four favourites at the moment. Um, Elvira, uh, she looks she looks excellent. She was looked really good in Switzerland. The standing shooting still needs to improve a little bit, and the ski form really hasn't been bad at all. But it hasn't been where we've seen it in years past, where she could pull back 20, 25 seconds in a single lap. Um, so I'd be interested to see where she pulls out. She's three to one favorite. I'm not sure I fancy her for the win though. Tandrevold, she's only missed two targets out of 30 in sprints so far this season. She's looked excellent, obviously leading uh, leading the way there in the sprint standings as well as the, uh, the overall. But my favorite for the win, I'm going with Julia Simon after that win. Maybe I'm being a bit uh, clouded by the win at the World Team Challenge there. But she's shooting as well as ever. She's had six top tens in a row coming into these races. Um, the speed, it it's good. I think it was, it didn't look quite as good in Switzerland as it may have done just because of how quickly Justine Brezard-Boucher was skiing. She was just in a, on another planet, obviously taking three wins out of three over there in Switzerland. Um, and she's your other favourite, of course. I wonder if we're going to see her shooting fall back to to more where we normally see it um, in Oberhof, though. She's 85% on the season coming into this race. Um, obviously, she took last season off, but the two seasons before that, it was uh, 77% shooting. So I think we might see uh, a bit of an errant one from Brezard Boucher. Hopefully not, because if she's shooting well, then, I mean, she looks like the quickest woman in the field. Um, possibly apart from Anna Maria Lampic, of course, but the uh, the shooting just not there for the Slovenian. So, of your favourites, I'm taking Julia Simon five to one to take victory on uh, Friday in the women's sprint. In the pursuit, though, I think that's where you might see Elvira um, coming into coming into her own. I don't think we're going to see. I mean, often if you win the sprint, you are going to win the pursuit. I don't think we're going to see. Uh, a double up though this time. Um, so I'll go Simon in the sprint, Elvira in the shoot. When we're looking at outsiders though, Bitozzi at eight to one, kind of crazy. She's the only woman in the field to have ever won in in the Oberhof sprint. Uh, Denise Herman won last year at the World Champs, of course, and then it's Roisland and Ekhoff all the way back to 2019 when Vitozzi uh, took the victory there. So the only active woman to have won this race, eight to one. She's having a great year and. We talked about Vera's illness. Obviously, Vitozzi had illness in the at the start of the year, and her speed, ski speed's been good. Um, but it's always felt like she might have another gear to go into, and and maybe that happens, um, and she might take the uh, could take easily take the win in the sprint. Um, 
my other outside bet here, Francisca Preutz, she's come so close a number of times to getting the, the victory. Obviously, she missed out in uh, Hopfields, and I think it was, um, with COVID when it was looking like she was on the edge of another victory. Um, so can she finally get the win? I think that's uh, probably the uh, the juiciest bet out there, 16-1 to 1 for Francisca Preutz. In terms of long shots, I've got a couple of names. Marketa Davidova having a very disappointing season. She's 33-1. to 1. Um, as I mentioned in other pods, I fully expect that she is tailoring her season completely towards the World Championships, uh, the home World Championships for her in Nova Miesto. And if that is what she's doing, then I'd expect the performances to start improving now. Um, I, whether that's a win, that might be a bit of a long shot, but a top 10 for Davidova could definitely be in play. 33 to 1 for the win, so I'd expect the, the top. 10 to be around four or five to one for Davidova. Um, but that could be uh, could be an interesting bet there because barring just a complete loss of form, which which may be what we're seeing, I think Davidova is probably tailoring the season for, for those worlds. Um, so expect to see her starting to ramp up those performances. Lampich, I'm going to keep keep saying it. She's 50 to one for the win. If she hits 10 targets, I think she will win. But will she hit 10 targets? I think it's probably unlikely. But she's had a couple of top 10s, um, and we could see another one here in Oberhof. Um, another interesting name down there at 80-1 to 1 is uh, Skogen of Norway. She obviously got her first podium in the uh, the pursuit, I think, uh, over in Lenzerheide. She looks quick. She's not one of the quickest in the field, but she's getting better as this season goes on. And if we do see mistakes, if the wind's up, and the likes of your Simons, Brezabuches, Elvira, Tandrod, maybe can make a couple of mistakes in the range, um, which we know they're all capable of, then Skogan could be uh, a cheeky name there to sneak in and take uh, her first ever World Cup victory. Uh, two other names, not necessarily for the win, but worth keeping an eye on. The Swedish pairing of Lim Persson and Mona Brawson, um, obviously wildly experienced, both of them. Not been having great seasons, but they were both in the top 20 in the both the sprint and the pursuit um, back in Lenzerheide. They're starting to creep their way back into form. Um, so again, don't think either of them would be on for a victory. If one of them was, I'd take Pearson over Brawson. Um, but it's interesting that they are starting to come into a bit of form. Um, so look, look out for them in the sprint and the pursuits. And to come onto the relay, this is where I will... Uh, break up the uh, the dominance of the Norwegian relay teams. Obviously, we've seen two victories for the Norwegian women team. Sweden have come second in both of the relays so far. Uh, we've had Germany with a third and a fifth, and France with a fifth and a third, um, sort of underperforming in those races. But I fancy Sweden in this one. Elvira's been looking good. Hannah is the question mark after she's been uh, after she's had that flu over Christmas. But Persson and Brawson both coming into a bit of form. And um, and that could be interesting. I think that uh, I think that Swedish team's looking starting to look a bit more dangerous. So Sweden for the victory in the relay um, ahead of I'm going to say France and Norway in third. Um, Italy, of course, reigning champs. Can't can't forget them. Uh, did see actually that the the squad from last year, uh, the the World Championship winning team of uh, Alcantara, Camola, Vitozzi, and Bira received uh, what apparently is the highest award in Italian sport. Uh, Italian listeners, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but the uh, the Colari d'Oro 
which is the, the Golden Nectars there. They all received that. Um, so could they repeat history? Without Vera, you've got to doubt it, but they, they could be an outside bet for the podium for sure. Um, there's going to be some wild shooting, I imagine, from that from those leading four teams um, of Norway, Sweden, Germany and France. So Italy could sneak in there. Um, and potentially get themselves onto the podium. Do let me know who you think is going to be uh, taking the, uh, the victory champagne in Germany this week. That will do us for now, though. I'll be back next Tuesday to round up all of the action and give you my best bets for the races in Rupolding. Hope you all have a great week uh, in between, though, and enjoy the biathlon. I will see you all down the road.